0: This far by faith. I'm Ray Greenley, the pastor of National Prayer Chapel. Thank you for joining me today for this broadcast of Pilgrim's Progress. You know where the name comes from. It is that famous book that John Bunyan wrote in his prison cell as he spent day after day trying to weave shoelaces. So that his wife could sell them and support the children. It was 1678 that this number one allegory in the English language was first published. He was a preacher and he was in prison because he kept preaching and sharing the Word of God. He was forbidden by the courts to speak because he was not a registered pastor. He repaired pots and pans. He was a tinker. He was a poor man. He didn't have the money to pay for the license, and he believed that no license was necessary, that he was ordered and directed by Jesus and not by the state. He wanted the state to have nothing to do with the gospel. He thought they were separate, and he was absolutely right. That's why the National Prayer Chapel is not a 501c3. We're a free church in Jesus. That's why I'm free on this broadcast to address very difficult issues, homosexuality, abortion, And other issues. John Bunyan would stand and preach in his prison cell, and the window was open with bars, and his congregation would gather outside of the prison, and he would preach to them. He finally, after 11 years, it was decided that he was incorrigible and they could never stop him, and they finally allowed him to begin to preach in a church, and he spent the rest of his life pastoring. We named this broadcast Pilgrim's Progress because I want you to make real progress in the journey toward heaven. And I want to thank those of you who walk with me. We've never met, but we have met in Jesus. You listen daily. You send me pieces of music. You send me poems. You send me letters of encouragement. I want to tell you how much that means to me. This morning, a letter came from a dear person up northern Pennsylvania, up in the Erie area. She listens on the Internet every day. This precious woman, every month, will send a note of encouragement to me. One person sent me a poem that I read and I just said, wow, I'm going to share this on the air. Here it is. A minister, passing through his church in the middle of the day, decided to pause by the altar and see who had come to pray. Just then the back door opened. A man came down the aisle. The minister frowned as he saw the man hadn't shaved in a while. His shirt was shabby, old. His coat was worn and frayed the man knelt, he bowed his head, and then he rose and walked away. In the days that followed, each noontime came this chap. Each time he knelt, just for a a moment, a lunch pail in his lap. Well, the minister's suspicion grew, and with robbery a main fear, he decided to stop the man and ask him, What are you doing here? The old man said he worked down the road. Lunch was half an hour. Lunchtime was his prayer time for finding strength and power. I stay only moment, see, because the factory is so far away as I kneel here talking to the Lord, this is what I say. I just came again to tell you, Lord, how happy I've been since we found each other's friendship and you took away my sin. Don't know much of how to pray, but I think about you every day. So Jesus... This is Jim checking in today. The minister, feeling foolish, told Jim that was fine. He told the man he was welcome to come and pray just any time. Time to go. Jim smiled and said, thanks. And he sped to the door. The minister knelt at the altar. He'd never done it before. His cold heart melted, warmed with love, and met with Jesus there. As the tears flowed, he repeated Old Jim's prayer. How happy. I am since we found each other's friendship and you took away my sin. I don't know much of how to pray, but I I think about you every day. So, Jesus, this is me checking in today. Past noon, one day. The minister noticed that old Jim had not come. As more days passed without Jim, he began to worry some. At the factory, he asked about him, learning he was ill. The hospital staff was worried. But he'd given them a thrill. The week that Jim was with them brought changes in the ward. His smiles, his joyous contagious smile changed people. They were his reward. The head nurse couldn't understand why Jim was so glad. There were no flowers, no calls or cards came. Not a visitor he'd had. The minister stayed by his bed, and he voiced the nurse's concern. No friends came to show they cared. He'd had nowhere to turn. Looking surprised, old Jim spoke up with a winsome smile. The nurse is wrong. She couldn't know that in here all the while, every day at noon, he's here. A dear friend of mine, you see. He sits right down, and he takes my hand, and he leans over, and he says to me, I just came again to tell you, Jim, how happy I've been since we found this friendship, and I took away your sin. Always love to hear you pray. Think about you each day. So, Jim, this is Jesus checking in today. Touch my heart. Because this morning, early hours, I went to my prayer closet and jesus met me i'm so glad jesus has taken away my sin and i love him with all my heart it's almost which of us can get there first to have that precious time and then there are other times during the day <laughs> i'll tell you what happens i get up early and i i go walk i sit in my backyard my patio and i i listen to the birds sing this morning The cardinals were there. I'm watching for the slate-colored juncos to show up because that will be the sign that fall is is drawing nigh. The crows, of course, came, and the blue jays came. But so did the white-breasted nuthatch. All friends of mine. The squirrel came. The nuts are plentiful this year. I don't know if you're aware of this, if you observe such things, but last year there were no acorns, and it's been a very slim time for squirrels. Already the oak trees are filled with acorns as as the God of heaven begins to prepare the feast that will sustain the squirrels through the hard winter months. (laughs) On my walk, I found deer tracks across my driveway, a big buck, one of the largest I've seen. But Jesus was there. I knew his presence. I've walked with him for many years and of course after i had read scripture and and been in prayer fellowshiped with jesus praising and worshiping him i use the lord's prayer to talk to the lord it's the model i follow i always begin with our father which art in heaven I'm always tempted to say my father, but I don't own him. He is your father, too. And because I'm going to spend a fair amount of time praying about you on this listening audience, I'm going to say our father because I include you in my prayer time. Oh, you're not there physically, but I know in the spirit who you are a retired pastor, a nurse a businessman, a homeless man. From every walk of life, men and women, teenagers, who have a hunger in their heart for Jesus. And so I spend that precious morning time saying, Our Father, including you in my prayer. Our Father who art in heaven I don't want him to be mistaken for Allah This is the creator god of heaven not the moon god So it's our father our daddy the one who gives us all good gifts that come down from heaven and then i say hallowed be thy name meaning hallowed pure spotless sinless no no dishonesty no change he's always solid right there like a rock I can trust him. So it's our Father who art in heaven, pure, loving, just is your name. And I praise him. And I take time to just worship him and say how much I appreciate that he doesn't change with the wind. He doesn't change with the water flow. He's always the same, consistent, He never bites me. He disciplines me, but he never stings me. That's the devil. The devil accuses. He lies. He brings slander. God never brings slander against me. He never insults me. He preserves my dignity. And I ask, Lord, would you preserve the dignity of those who are listening on the radio, and those who come to the prayer chapel, will you preserve their dignity? Will you cause them to respect themselves and each other and you, Jesus? Holy, spotless, clean, innocent is your name. And then I say, Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And then I begin to talk about couples. Amy and Joshua are in the studio today. I never neglect to pray for them and ask that you establish, O God, your authority over their marriage. That you preserve them. That your will be done in their hearts. I pray for many others as well. Michelle, William, Mark, Randy. I could go on and on with all of those I pray for. David and Catherine. And then many of you who who write to me. One especially I pray for. Her name is, is Sophie. Pray for Sophie. One of the most courageous people I've met. She listens every day on the internet. Pray for Star. I love that name. Star is a. A single mom has poured out her life for her son. She's always calling and asking, will you pray for my boy? It's not will you pray for me, it's will you pray for my boy? Yes, I do. I pray for the will of God to be done regarding Peter, many others. As the Lord leads me, I lift men and women up before Jesus and ask, will you do your will today in their life? One I especially pray for is a a woman by the name of Shelley, that the power of Satan would be broken over her life, that she would be set free. Josh. Christina. Zach. Rochelle. Dachelle. You're saying, Pastor, that, that's a lot of people. Well, no, that's not even the beginning of it. I lift people up before the throne of God, and I ask that the will of God be done in their hearts, because it's only by the will of God that we can walk with Jesus Christ. And so I come, and I take this precious morning time to just intercede for God's people. For the radio listening audience, for you, if you've ever written to this ministry, and I know your name, you're in my prayers. Some of you get mad at me and and you cut me off because you don't like what I say or what I don't say. I don't cut you off. I keep praying for you that you'll grow up, that you won't chase the winds of doctrine, foolishness. And so I pray thy will be done at the National Prayer Chapel as it is in heaven. Thy will be done in the life of each of these people as it is in heaven. Thy will be done in pilgrim's progress as your will is done in heaven. Your will, Jesus, must be done. Satan cannot rule over us. You must rule over us, Jesus. And then I pray. Give us this day our daily bread. Now, I mean two things by that. One, I need the food to sustain my body. I need the food to nourish my heart. The broken body of Jesus is my food. I ask Jesus, please feed me from the altar in heaven. Let me drink from the cup in heaven. Let me not drink from the cup of this world or eat the bread of this world for I will not worship demons. I want only the broken body and the spilled blood of Jesus. That is my strength. That is my provision. It is out of that broken body and that spilled blood that the money comes to pay for this radio broadcast or to pay for the rent or to cover the car or whatever is needed, it all comes from Jesus. So I come asking. I come asking Jesus, will you feed me today? And then I begin to evaluate, is there anyone I'm angry with? Now, I don't normally grow angry anymore. It's just not a part of my life. I've had it removed by Jesus. But is there any hardness in my heart toward anyone, any rejection toward anyone, any Am I upset with anyone? Do I feel neglected by anyone? Do I feel cast off by anyone? Do I need Jesus to come and give to me the gift of forgiveness? He said, I'll forgive you your sins as you forgive others for theirs. So, yes. I want a clean slate with Jesus. And so I pray, forgive me my sins as I forgive others for theirs. And then I pray, deliver me from the parasmus. That's the Greek word. It's translated evil in the English. It literally means, deliver me from the piercing. Deliver me from the testing. Satan always wants to put a person up on trial. He wants to go to God and say, look, Let me have this one, and I'll do this, and they'll curse you. No, I pray, oh God, deliver me from from the piercing.
1: Deliver me, oh God.
0: And then I pray, deliver me from the suffering that comes with the piercing, the toil, the heartache. Now, I pastor a a small congregation called the National Prayer Chapel. That's why I've taken this time to walk with you through a morning of prayer. This is the general time of prayer that I have. And then I quickly go and get showered and shaved and dressed for the day. And at 10 o'clock in the morning, I'm in my place once more in the prayer closet. But this time, none of it is personal or general. Now it is a very specific, Lord, would you take this mountain and remove it? John 15, verse 7, or Mark 11, 23 and 24, and I'm not going to share what I'm praying for, but it's a very specific prayer about some very specific issues in my personal life. And this is very intimate prayer time and I wait and watch on the Lord for one hour. He said, could you not wait and watch for one hour? And so I wait and I watch for one hour, and I stand by faith that Jesus will do what I've asked him to do. Now, I hope you're beginning to catch a flavor of my heart and my life. I know that all the power of God flows through the prayer closet and not through the strength of man. I know that all the power of God flows through the prayer closet and the intimacy we share with Jesus. And there we have to have our hearts melted and broken there's where the tears will flow as we give up our arrogance and our pride and we acknowledge that we have no ability to bring forth what we most desire with our heart's cry. It's in the prayer closet. Now, I know we're well along in the broadcast today, But all of this really was about the book of James. Let me read it for you. James, the first chapter, and I'll begin with verse 6. Now he must ask in faith, not doubting at all. For the one doubting has been and still is like a wave of the sea being driven by the wind and being blown here and there so that man must not think that he will receive anything from the lord a double pardon me a double minded man is unstable in all of his ways if you want jesus to answer your prayer you're going to have to go into jesus presence and kneel lay on your face on the floor and you're going to have to let him melt your heart. And as you go in and you lay on the floor before the Lord, every idea in the world is going to flash into your mind. The phone may ring. Every distraction the devil can throw at you will come. You have to just push them all aside. And bring all of those cares to Jesus. It may take you an hour just to clear the junk out of your way so you can begin to talk to Jesus. Now, when I come to Jesus in the morning, I'm immediately in his presence because I don't have a mind full of junk. I've cast all of that away and out. Because constantly through the day, I never stop praying Even as I'm doing this broadcast, there's a part of my mind that is lifted up to the heavenlies, asking Jesus to quicken me and put the words in my mouth, and asking Jesus to touch you as I speak these words to you, because I know that if the Holy Spirit doesn't touch you, nothing will happen today, and I've wasted the money and the time and the energy to come and do this radio broadcast. It's either out of Jesus or it's foolishness. Every plant that is planted by anyone other than Jesus will be pulled up at the end of time and cast into the fire. The only thing that matters is Jesus. So a double-minded man is one who says, Yes, I need this. Jesus, could you help me with this? And then promptly walks away and forgets what he prayed does not tarry in the presence of God, has a double mind, doesn't believe that what he asks will ever really happen. Now, I'll tell you the truth today. As I went into the Lord, in the second time of formal prayer, the hour of watching and waiting, I said, Lord, what I'm praying for is utterly foolish in the flesh. I see no evidence that this could possibly happen. I see nothing in the physical realm to encourage me. I see everything to tell me, stop praying for this. It's not going to happen. I could be double-minded very easily and say, all right, this watching and waiting on God for an hour is just a waste of my time. If God wants to do it, he'll do it. It doesn't matter whether I pray or not. That would be a double-minded man. No, I have some things in my life that must take place or the prayer chapel cannot prosper. I have some things in my life that must transpire or this radio broadcast will never prosper. It's not optional I must have the answer to my prayer and I am praying based on the Rama word of God that he has spoken to me that he will bring it to pass. Now, do I believe that that was a bit of undigested beef one night that prompted me to think about this? No. I'll tell you, I'll tell you one part that is so encouraging to me. Several weeks ago, the Lord said to me, Be still and know that I am God. Meaning, don't try to bring to pass what you're praying for every day. I will bring it to pass. Be still. Stop striving. Know that I am God. I went to church that morning, and a precious sister handed me a gift. I opened it. It was a coffee mug. And on the coffee mug were the words, Be still and know that I am God. <laughs> I said, Lord, you mean it, don't you? I will be still and know that you are God. Now, view the prayer closet Can these things transpire without my lifting a hand to make them happen? Will you do it all by yourself? And back to me came the absolute assurance that God is enough. He is God all by himself. and he needs me to simply stand by faith and pray and believe and not be double-minded and not waver even though it might produce embarrassment for me in fact it already has <laughs> one person yesterday who became aware of what i was praying was absolutely scornful because they believe that it's going to be it's up to me. No. If it's going to be it's up to God and I'm going to trust him. Now I'm going to open the telephones if you'd like to call if you have a response to what I've shared with you today. If you would like me to pray with you, I'll pray with you. But call quickly, 877-534-0780. We have time for at least one quick call, maybe more. 877-534-0780. Call right now. Brother Kevin is in the studio at WAVA. He'll take your call and he'll forward it to me in my studio. 877-534-0780. And while I wait for your call, I'd like to invite you to come this Sunday. I'm going to be preaching again out of the book of James. You're welcome to come. You will hear testimonies and see evidence of the mighty hand of God. You will be encouraged, especially those who feel like you're dying in your soul and you're hungry and you need Jesus. Believe me, if you come to the prayer chapel, you will meet Jesus and you will be delivered. So I invite you to come. We meet at the All Saints Anglican Church. It's located at 14851 Gideon Drive, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22192. A number of you have been saying, I need to go visit. Well, why don't you do it this Sunday? And right now, we're planning soon a water baptism. In the Occoquan River, if you would like to be baptized, you need to come. At the All Saints Anglican Church, 14851 Gideon Drive, Woodbridge, Virginia. And the zip code is 22192. Drive around to the back side in the back parking lot, and there you'll see a a large white sign that will say, Uh, lower lobby go in through the double glass doors and immediately on the left hand side is the prayer center for the national prayer chapel. Come and join us 12 o'clock noon. Be bold and just come right on in. You'll be welcome. You'll be treated like family. Now, I also want to thank each of you who have been sending your gifts. I went to the post office this morning, and there were two precious letters. Thank you. Mail to the National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. That is the National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. Brother Kevin, do we have any calls? Okay, those lines are wide open. If you'd like prayer, if you'd like to share, You're welcome to call right now, 877-534-0780. Don't call me after the broadcast. Call me on air and share with everyone. Everyone wants to hear your voice. They want to know what is happening in your life so they can pray for you as well. Now, I want to come back to verse 12. James, the first chapter, verse 12. Blessed is the man who endures temptation to sin, because having become approved, he will receive the crown of life which the Lord promised to the ones loving him. Do you notice... In this beautiful poem that I read to you, it, this poem that I read to you earlier it says, And I took away your sin. Jesus answers prayers after we let him take away our sin. Welcome, Alex. What would you like to share? Yes.
1: Hello, Brother Ray. How are you? Good, Alex. Good. Um, yeah, I was uh, just uh, captivated with this—the uh, theme of prayer, communion with the Lord, and um, how you were talking about um, the prayer, waiting on our face or waiting before the Lord. and but I had a question. uh when I, I read, you know, several books, and uh, one book, I'm Reading right now, preparing the way on um, how this man's son, he would actually sweat, that his socks and shoes were wet and his clothes were wet. This went on, on night after night. And I read about David Brenner uh, how he would sweat and make actually make snow melt when uh, he waited in this in the snow praying for the Native Americans. Uh, this type of prayer comes uh, is induced by uh, the Holy Spirit. Um, in other words, uh, how is this prayer? Uh, um, I've I prayed many times uh, every day, but have you ever been to a place of a prayer like that?
0: Many times, Alex. Let me talk about it. It's very clear to me that simply coming to pray, and I didn't get into this, Simply coming to pray is not enough. What happens is that as we pray and as our heart grows hot with need, we become more and more fervent in that prayer. So if you'd been close to me this morning during my hour of waiting and watching, you would have seen sweat rolling off my face and you would have heard loud cries mm-hmm. not whispers you would have heard loud cries so loud that if anyone was close they would be they would be shocked this is what happens when the need becomes so great and the need is so urgent that we just pour our whole soul into that need but that only comes after we have been praying and waiting and nothing seems to happen, and finally we get really serious with God. And I tell you then, you're going to sweat. That's what happened to Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. He was so intense that he sweat blood. That's right. So this casual, calm prayer is only the... Entrance way into a much more serious level of prayer. I'm shy of talking about it because most people have never experienced anything like this and it sounds strange. Right. They haven't done the homework necessary to have the right to enter into that kind of prayer. But it's only that kind of prayer that will really get the result right. It is not polite, poetic words that touch the heart of God. It's desperate need. That's right. So that's my answer, Alex.
1: Yeah. It was uh, evident when I um, read about these uh, these people who, who prayed like that. Um, in fact, they both were taken pretty young in their 20s. And um, uh, they they prayed with all their soul. They just, um, a desperation, like you said. And, um, there's no, um, double mindedness.
0: We think that. ourselves much too sophisticated to pray like that.
1: That's right, because we're not desperate enough.
0: We're not desperate. Or God answers desperate prayers.
1: That's why the Christians in third world countries are, are suffering and, uh, uh, we Christians in America are too soft. We just, we have everything given to us or just, um.
0: But see, Alex, it's not enough to say that you have to pray like this. I have to pray like this. See, I can say the church, the church, the church, but Jesus comes back and says, well, now what about you, Ray? How are you going to pray? Mm-hmm. Are you going to set apart that hour and cry out to me? Are you going to fellowship with me in the early morning hours? Are you going to get up when I call you and come into my presence? Are you going to get serious about prayer? Because, see, God's concerned about you and about me. So it's not helpful for me to talk about others, even though it's easy to do. We've got to deal with our own hearts, with our own slowness. And I tell you, my need has gotten sufficiently desperate that I'm no longer polite and quiet in my prayers. I get loud and sweat. That's one of the reasons when I get up in the morning, I don't get dressed. I put on sweatshirts. I put on sweatpants because I know I'm going to battle in the heavenlies for the will of God to be done over this broadcast and over your life, Alex. I pray for you every day.
1: I appreciate it. And likewise.
0: Thank you, brother.
1: All I, right. I appreciate this ministry. I, I know I know you're a, a very deep level. And, and uh, at the same time, I'm brokenhearted with what I see going on in other places. I'm just... It, I don't know how to articulate it other than um, I'm broken hearted, just broken.
0: And it means we've got to pray.
1: That's right. And the sad thing is um, if you try to talk or reason with them, they, it's like you're, you're looked at like, um, what, what are you talking about? You know. Or,
0: but see, Alex, this thing can't be talked about and reasoned about. That's right. Until the Lord tells us to talk about it and reason about it, and his power has to come to break through in the heavenly realm to the earth. Revival <laughs> is the miraculous work of God as he pours out his Holy Spirit in supernatural power to right. convict men quickly of their sin. And that's not a very welcome topic in the church.
1: Right. And I find a lot of problems with, um, I guess, the so-called intercessors for. Um, uh, well, I mean, not, Alex, my, my you know what? Sisters,
0: Alex, I have trouble with this intercessor. I hear you. I have trouble with Ray Greenley. So, I'm not going to talk about others. I have enough trouble on my hands with me. Well, That's why right. I'm going to the prayer closet. Right. All right, yeah. brother. We're out of time.
1: Okay. I love you. And I appreciate your ministry, and I appreciate your sacrifice, um, your life uh, poured out for Jesus and others, and um, I see a holiness uh, in you and among your, the people down at the National Prayer Chapel.
0: God bless you, brother. I love God you.
1: Bless you. God bless you.
0: This is uh, Alex that we've been talking to. He drives to the Prayer Chapel on Sundays from Boonesboro, Boonesboro, Maryland. People come from all over because they're hungry for Jesus. Now we have two minutes left in the broadcast. I want to spend these last two minutes praying, please. Lord, I thank you that you have removed my sin and the sin of many of my brothers and sisters. I pray for those today who are still walking in their sin, their darkness, their rebellion, their their lust, their double-mindedness. I pray, Lord, that you will come in great power, that this broadcast today will have encouraged their hearts to get serious and go before you so that you can melt their heart with love, even as you have melted my heart in your love. Lord, would you remove all hardness from our hearts, would you remove all pride, all coldness? Lord, would you come in power in the name of Jesus? I pray. Amen. You've been listening today to uh, Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Ray Greenley. I pastor the National Prayer Chapel in Woodbridge, Virginia. I pray for you and I love you. God bless you. I'll look for you Sunday. I'll talk to you soon. Present you blameless before the presence of His glory with great joy.